0: This message can be life changing if you'll hear what I am what I'm trying to say that voice in the garden that word voice he said I heard his voice I heard the sound amen and that that that's the Hebrew word call Q O L we talked about that a few weeks ago Q O L it's all over the scriptures and it means a loud noise but it's funny, in, how many remember when Elijah heard the still small voice? That word for voice there is also Q-O-L. I said, but it's still small. It was like a whisper. And on, when I studied that Hebrew word, it's not about the volume of the word. It's about the authority of the word. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear the voice of God, it, it, it rides on my voice. It kind of sounds like me, <laughs> right? Now, when you hear God's voice, it's not going to sound like me. It's going it's to sound like you. It's God's voice. And, and I don't know about you, but when I hear God's voice, it's not usually a thundering voice. But I don't hear loud voice, but I know the voice of God because it has an authority to it it speaks with authority. I, you know, it's not hard or harsh or loud, but it's just, yeah, that's God. You, you don't mess with it. You know that's the voice of God. That's the coal. The, the Q-O-L, the coal of God, the voice of authority. And that's what we need to hear. So number one, let's talk about Listen, let's talk about, number one, the pattern. Let's figure out the pattern. Do we have this? The pattern of how this works. So we go to Genesis chapter 1. How many are still here? Chapter 1, verse 3. Then God said, say, God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Verse (laughs) 4. Then God, what did He do in the first verse? He said, what is he doing here? He saw the light. Listen, if you can get this in your spirit, not just in your head, it'll change you. Are you up for this? God saw the light. He spoke it. Then he saw it. That it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. Verse 5. And God... Do you see the three verbs here? God called, God named the light day. And the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Here's the pattern. First of all, he speaks it into existence. That's the Q-O-L, the call, the voice of God. If God doesn't speak it, we don't need to be claiming it. God has to speak it first. You can't, you know, all the name it and claim it thing. I, I You know, I, I can only name and claim what God has given me. I can't name and claim a new Cadillac just because I want one. I, You know, there's a whole lot of things I can't name and claim. It's You've got to hear from heaven. Do you understand that affects our prayer life? Because if we don't know how to hear from heaven, how can we even pray? We can make our requests known unto God, but how do we know what his will is? How many believe we got it? We should pray according to the will of God? In Romans 8, it says, we do not know how to pray as we should. Why don't we just confess it and believe it? We need to hear from God. We need the voice, the call a voice from God. And then it said he sees it. And that's the Hebrew word ra'ah. R-A, apostrophe A-H, Ra-A. He saw it. Wow. First, he speaks it into existence, and then he sees it. He, now, if we'll just, you know, in our Western kind of mind, we just said, well, he, he called it into existence and he saw it. Big deal. Why, why does the Bible talk? Because that word Ra-A means to not just see something, but to look into it to understand its nature. In Hebrew, there's two words for saw. The other one is yada. Yada. I yada it means that I just saw it. But raha means I looked into it and I understand it. <laughs> there's a difference. There's a difference. Amen. Right, let me give you an example. I'm going to use Jordan. When, we, when, we, when he first saw that new car, He looked that baby over. He rawed the car. He wanted to know about the technology. He wanted to know the trunk space. He loved the color. He looked at the steering. I mean, he looked at every inch. I mean, we took some time. We went around that car, and it occurred to me, he never once lifted the hood. It's like the car didn't even have an engine. Now, now, I, I laugh, but I'm the same way. I can look at an engine. I'm like, yeah, that has got an engine. It, that's a good thing. I hate it when it doesn't. You know, I mean, I, I don't know anything about engines, but some of you are engine nuts. Come on, guys. If you're an engine person, say hallelujah, amen. When you get a new car, you don't care what color it is. Don't care much about the car. You just want to know how many horsepower. You just want to know if it's jacked up or not. You, first thing you do is get under the hood. You start looking at the engine. Amen. Now, I know where to put the oil. See, he yada the engine. Yeah, it's got one. I see the engine. But a lot of you guys, maybe some of you girls, would rah the engine. You would look at every detail of the engine. You would understand the horsepower. You'd understand how many th- pumps it has, how many cylinders it has. You would make sure everything's connected properly, and it, it's, uh, you, you would understand if somebody messed with it, if somebody had souped it up. and You, 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 would, uh, you would understand all the uh, The car's all about the engine. That's the difference between rah and yada, Y-A-D-A-H, yada. We yada each other. We just look at each other. But I'm believing God's calling us to a ra'ah, to understand each other and to understand yourself. Are you you following me? There needs to be that ra'ah. In other words, God, God looked into what it is. He understood every bit of light, all the principles and how fast it goes and the particles. and He understood everything. He looked into the light. And that leads us to our third one, he named it, he called it. And we got to understand, when he calls it light, then he distinguishes it from night. He then, I hope this isn't too deep. Are you following me? He's Listen, he didn't just create light, he looked into it and understood it, and then when he named it, he gave it its purpose. It's not about just calling it something. It's about identifying its destiny and purpose. So here's how light, when he saw it, he understood how it worked because he created it, but when he named it, he gave it its purpose, how light will work on the planet and how it will cause plants to grow and so on and so forth. I don't have time to get into all that. You understand how sunlight works. Amen. This is, in Genesis chapter 2, 19 20, where Adam and Eve now come into the picture. And he tells Adam to what? To name the animals. Who created the animals? God created the animals. So God creates out of his voice, he he creates a lion. He creates a horse. And then he says, Adam, I'm not going to look into it, and I'm not going to name it. That's your job. Oh, watch this. So there's these animals wandering around. I don't know, you know, they're created. But he tells Adam, look into the nature of that animal and name its purpose and destiny. So he would see a lion, and the lion's like, I don't know. I don't know. And by by the way, when we say purpose and destiny, it's not the purpose and destiny of a lion today. The lion today is marred by sin. In the millennium, the lion will lie down with the lamb. The lion in the millennium doesn't eat the lamb. So, there's an order now to creation that didn't exist back in the garden. Are are you following what I'm saying? Animals didn't eat each other, and man didn't eat animals in the garden. There was no pecking order, or what's that called? The the hierarchy of animals. Huh? The food chain. Thank you, whoever that was, and Jesus. Amen. There's no food chain. Maybe they all ate plants. I don't know. But he looked at the lion and he said, he's fast. He's bold. He's got a really loud roar. I'm, I think he's like king of the jungle. I'm going to call him lion. But he didn't just give him a name. you got to get this. He didn't just give him a name. He, the lion, who the lion was, was already in him. But when Adam named him, the character of the lion came out. Suddenly, the lion knew he was a lion, and does that make sense? And he saw a horse, and he and he began to understand the, the nature of the horse and how the horse would help and change civilization. And we'll be able to ride him, and you'll be able to pull pull carts. And uh, they didn't even invent wheels yet. And it, and he saw all the animals. He didn't just put a name on them. He identified. Now God made the lion, but Adam saw the potential of the lion and called that potential out and made the lion a lion. Oh, give him praise. Amen. Now don't ask me why God did it. Man names identify, but then the pattern is now marred. You got me? Adam is now marred. The image is blurred. He can no longer hear from God like he once did. Now he hides from God. He becomes self-centered. He's not naming animals anymore. He's looking to take care of himself. If I don't look out for myself, who will? Suddenly he becomes self-centered And he realizes he's naked. Stupid Adam, you were naked all along. But you were covered in glory. You lost your glory. You lost the ability to hear the voice of God like you once were. And now you're hiding from God. Adam believed the lie. Eat and you will be. The devil said, eat, and you will be like God. Hello, Eve. You already were. You know what I think sin is? Sin is believing that that you deserve something more, and you're missing out. What's God holding back from me? He wasn't holding anything back. They were made in his image. I don't know what they looked like, but after sin, they changed. Even Jesus, watch this, Even Jesus has to pick up this broken image, Isaiah chapter 53. He shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. How many know he bore our sin? He's talking about Jesus. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Jesus, his image was marred because of our sin. Are you following what I'm saying? The whole creation now is marred. We preach from Romans chapter 8 that the whole, all of creation's groaning, waiting for the revelation of the sons of God. That's you waiting for you you to be relieved. But then the pattern is going to be restored. Can I get an amen? In that same Isaiah chapter 53, go down two verses to uh, verse 5 in Isaiah 53. and, And here we read this, but, say but, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. There's the purpose. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. He took on the marred image of Adam, the, the, the sinful image of Adam. He took on our image. But when he did, he gave us a way to be healed and to be restored and to be made whole. We see this illustrated in John chapter 1. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. We found him. What did Nathanael say? <laughs> and Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no deceit. What? Here's the thing, what Nathaniel said about Nazareth was true. No good thing had ever come out of there. <laughs> he was telling the truth. But how many know? Sometimes you can tell the truth, but not really know the full truth. The full truth is nobody's ever come out of that little farm town and amounted to anything until now. But God saw something in Nathaniel that nobody else knew. So Nathaniel said, "How do you know me?" And Jesus then said to him, before Philip called you, when you were sitting under that fig tree, He could even tell him how many leaves were on the tree. He said, "I Ra. I what?" I saw I rawed you. I saw you. He didn't just see him sitting under a tree, he saw his true nature and who he was. Wow. God doesn't just know you, he raws you. He knows everything about you. Knows where you've been. I don't I think sometimes God's crazy cuz he saved us anyway. Let me tell you something even crazier. He saved you not just knowing your past, but he saved you how many times, knowing you'd mess up how many times after he saved you. What in a what? If you knew that that so-and-so wants to be your friend, you knew they would betray you and treat you badly and talk about you. If you knew ahead of time, would you make friends with them? I know you. I'm staying away from you. And yet, and yet, wow, there it is. Wow, 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 wow. A couple more verses. Let me just read them. And Nathaniel answered and said to him, Rabbi, teacher, you are the son of God. Wow. You are the king of Israel. And let me tell you, oh, when we realize what God can see in us, then all of a sudden we start seeing who he is. Uh, you need to come back next Sunday because I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk about you know we talk about uh, uh, inviting God in like 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 he like, you know and say God come live with me He lives in us. How many know He lives in us? But there's that, But it's a whole different thing when God says come to my house. Next Sunday I'm going to talk about going to His house. Be a good day to stay home. Because I said to you, I saw you under the freak tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. Oh, uh, I, 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 Nathaniel, I see great things in you. You're, you're gonna, you're gonna be a worldwide evangelist. God, uh, God's gonna use you in a powerful, amazing way. He said, he said, most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God uh, ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Wow. Amen. Is there another verse? Just keep going till I stop. Okay, no. So, real quick, how do we fit into this pattern? Anybody want to know that? Anybody want to know that? How, how do you hear the voice of God? Come back next Sunday. <laughs> you know, God is so good. Listen, God, the only thing God asked Adam when he messed up is, where are you? What would we ask? You did what? Why did you eat from that tree? Are you a nut? What's wrong with you? Don't you have any control over your wife? How about this one? And where did you get that underwear? (laughs) No, he... He didn't ask him any of those questions. He just said, where are you? He's asking us, where are you? We're serving a God. Listen, if you go to hell, it's because you sent yourself there. Because <laughs> he's looking for you. He don't want to send you anywhere. He wants to bring you to heaven. How many of you have raised two-year-olds? Have Have you heard the phrase terrible twos? How many of your kids are 25 and still in their terrible twos? Anybody still got. Yeah. Some some they just never grow out of it. They just jump from terrible twos to terrible teens to terrible (laughs) twenties. But when they're two years old, they get into things and you you know, you got to correct them, but you know they didn't, you know. And, and we all have those stories, but I, I heard a preacher tell a story about his about a two-year-old, he was babysitting. It wasn't even his kid, he was babysitting the kid, two years old. They're laying in the bed, and the two year old start making a noise and crying. He thought, well, I'll just do my wife a favor and got up, went, went into the room, and he went into the room. The most horrible smell. The two year old was an artist. <clears throat> And the only paint she had, she found in her diaper, and it was all over the walls. The place, uh, I mean, is horrible. And he did what any intelligent man would do. He went to his office and pretended like he never saw it. I'm relating to the guys now. I'm relating. And he called out from his office, honey, I think the baby's awake. <laughs> and she goes in there and had to fumigate the place. I mean, it was, it was horrible. And they cleaned up the baby, and they're looking at the child. You don't know how to correct something like that. And they looked, you know, one of those looks like, you're wrong to do this. This is bad. Don't do this again. And the two-year-old looked up at her and said, I didn't do it. And when <laughs> and he and his wife are trying not to laugh because they're trying to correct the child, but they're like, Don't you don't you ever do that? How many been there? I didn't do it. And that reminds me of Adam and Eve. And I wonder if God just kind of I wonder if God just like, Oh, you you stupid kids. <laughs> what did you do now? I, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I I wonder sometimes, now, you know, sin is sin, and it's a serious matter. But listen, how many times does God just look at us and say, I'll give him another chance? And we say, I didn't do it. Yeah, you did. You really did. You really met. And it's your fault. Quit blaming someone else. We were always, you know, as long as we can blame someone else, Right. But listen, you'll never find your destiny in God blaming someone else. You need to be uh, responsible and just say, yeah, I did it, and get forgiveness. And and then God begins to work in you. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. Hallelujah. But there's a pattern here. There's a pattern here. Wow. And how do we live this pattern? When Jesus walked with his disciples, how many remember that time that he just... uh, I'm out of strength. Y'all 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 okay? Watch this. He breathed on him. Isn't that weird? He just oh. Why did he do that? Cuz that's what his he saw his father doing to Adam. And Adam went from a pile of dirt to a living human being in the image of God. The dirt wasn't the image. It was what God breathed into him. You know, here's a definition of dirt. Here's a good definition matter in the wrong place. While we were on vacation, the room steward that took care of our room, we knew right away he was a Christian. He kept saying, thank you, Jesus. That kind of gave it away. <laughs> <laughs> and two or three days in, I was coming to my room, and he was coming out, out of another room, and he, he was just, urgh, frustrated. I said, hey, George, how you doing, man? He, he said, sand, sand. You know, you, you could go to the beach on some of these stops that we made, He said, I've never seen so much sand in all my life. He said there was sand in the bed, sand in the sheets, sand in the bathroom, sand all in the carpet. There was enough sand I could have made a sand castle. Now, when you go to the beach, you say, oh, this is beautiful. Right? You go to the beach, you say, the more sand, the better. Sand, I love the sand, but when it's in your carpet, when it's in your shoes, all of a sudden that beautiful sand is dirt, we're good to go until we get out of place. We're like the sand on the beach. Oh, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. It has a purpose, and it's, uh, and it's blessing everyone, and it's wonderful. But if that sand gets off the beach and into something else, it becomes dirt. Listen, you are an amazing person in God as long as you are in your place in God. And if you get out of your place in God, then you're dirt. Take it or leave. Oh, they found sand for me. That's wonderful. Amen. <laughs> Is anybody getting what I'm saying? And God doesn't despise us, He doesn't put us down, He doesn't hate us, He's not just He's not angry at us, He's angry at sin. But listen, He's not so much that He's angry at us. But the dirt's out of place. But if you could get in your place, if you could just hear the voice of God over you and hear what He's saying about you. If you can get the direction of the Spirit for your life, is this too deep? Are you okay? And we begin to see, say see. We begin to see with spiritual eyes instead of natural eyes. We begin to see into ourselves so we're not walking with shame and we're not living in the past or afraid of the future, but we can see what God sees. Listen, listen to me. God sees something in you, and it's amazing. It's amazing. He loves you. You may have painted your walls with something from your diaper, but he loves you. (laughs) So God wants, here it is. If you've been sleeping, just catch this and you go home. God is speaking into your life, QOL, but you have got to hear and see and then name it, identify it. We, we talk about discerning of spirits, and for some people, that whole thing is just finding devils. Listen, Paul said, I'm not ignorant of his devices. I think it's totally appropriate to know what evil spirits are in operation, right? But that's just playing defense. God's calling us to start playing offense. It's one thing that for me to say, Scott, you're being afflicted by such and such a demon. That's playing defense. We need to defend against that. But it's a whole other thing to say, Scott, I've seen you in ten years from now, and God is doing and will do an amazing thing, and here's what it is. That's playing offense. Now we're getting ahead of the ball. Now we're saying, there's something more, and I want it. There's something great ahead, and I want it. God's about to change me for the better, and I want it. Really, He's not changing you; He's just getting you back to where it's back to the future. He, he's not changing you; He's just removing clutter so you can be who you were from the very be- beginning. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? You already are who you're. You're that lion in the jungle. Just I don't know who I am. But everything that lion is meant to be was in the lion. But somebody needs to look at the lion in you and identify your destiny, identify your purpose, amen. And it doesn't always take someone else. You can identify that in yourself. We need to hear the voice of God, see who we really are in God. Oh, is this helping anybody? See who we really are in God and then name it.